Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Matteo Pistono, host of the Hay House Meditations podcast. And I'm here to invite you to our free five-day meditation challenge starting January 28th at hayhouse.com slash five days. There are so many benefits to meditation. In as little as five days, you can be on your way to sleeping better, feeling calmer, embracing life more, and finding ways to ease your physical pain. During the challenge, each day, you'll receive two free meditations, one for the morning and one for the evening. These guided meditations will help you unlock a happier and healthier you. Plus, you'll get exclusive access to two live webinars with me where I'll answer your meditation questions. And best of all, you'll be joining a like-minded, supportive community, making the commitment to change their lives by building a meditation practice that brings meaningful results. Whether you're brand new to meditation or a seasoned meditator, I really hope you'll join us starting on January 28th. Go to hayhouse.com slash five days to join now and download a free PDF where I share five ways to boost your meditation practice. That's hayhouse.com forward slash the number five D-A- Y-S. Hey there, podcast listeners. Have you heard the latest news from Hay House? We've launched a new mobile app designed for people like you who love to listen, learn, and transform. It's called Hay House Unlimited Audio. And just like the name implies, it gives you unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks, meditations, affirmations, podcasts, radio shows, and more, all on one user-friendly app. With Hay House Unlimited Audio, you'll be empowered by all your favorite authors and experts, including over 120 hours worth of inspiration from Dr. Wayne Dyer himself. You'll also hear from Louise Hay, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Gabby Bernstein, Anthony William, and hundreds more. Get started today with a free seven-day trial. Check it out at hayhouse.com slash wayneaudio. That's hayhouse.com slash wayneaudio. Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show today. I can see clearly now with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Just opening up the phone lines for you to get in touch with Dr. Dyer, so reach out and give us a call. And Dr. Wayne Dyer joins us from Maui. And you are a veteran, aren't you, Dr. Dyer? I am. Weren't you I a squid? A, a squid? <laughs> Isn't that what they call guys in the Navy? The squids? No, I, I never heard that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't called a lot of work, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, San Diego's a big uh, military town. Oh, and, uh, I know, I know. I've been there many, many here. times. I was there when I was in the Navy on my ship, the USS Ranger, which at that time... In 1960, 61 was the largest ship in the world. Wow! So today it's uh, it's not it's not even in commission any longer. But uh, but I'm still in commission. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, it's a very special day, and I just like to say a few words and, and encourage everyone out there listening to uh, to go to my Facebook page today and uh, see what I posted on there. There's a picture of myself and my brother David. Um, most of you know that I spent the first 10 years of my life in a series of uh, foster homes and orphanages uh, 
until I was reunited with my my with my next oldest brother and my mother and her new husband, my stepfather, um, when I was ten years old. Uh, so I posted a picture of Dave and I um, twice. Uh, one we were about three and four, and another one we were about seven and eight. Uh, and then a picture of us uh, together today because. Uh, um, Veterans Day has always been a very, very special thing for me. Um, I was uh, really blessed after I got out of the Navy, after doing four years of, of uh, duty overseas. Um, I went to uh, Wayne State University, and um, and my all my they passed. They re, after I got out of the service uh, in 1962, about 1965 or 66, they passed a, a law allowing anybody who had been in uh, active duty for four years um, to. Uh, be benefit beneficiaries of the uh, of the GI Bill, so my entire uh, graduate school program was all paid for by the uh, by the GI Bill, which was just something I couldn't have afforded to do at that time, uh, had it not been for that. I always say it was one of the best investments they ever made because uh, you know get my getting through that PhD and and, and getting that title and all of that. Uh, ended up me giving back to the United States government uh, many, many, many millions of dollars in taxes that I have paid as a result of that. So it's like, I've always thought that was such a great investment to invest in in our young people, especially our veterans, but all of them, and, and, and helping them get through school because uh, they, they pay it back in a very, very, very big way, um, which I've done and I continue to do, and I'm in such a state of gratitude to, for that and um, being a veteran is something that I'm very very proud of I learned some of my most important lessons in life uh, right there when I was stationed on on board an aircraft carrier and then for the last 18 months I was stationed on Guam um, where I was able to really begin the studying and preparing myself to get ready to go to college uh, which I started when I was 22 after I was uh, discharged in 1962 uh, <clears throat> So those years in the in the service, even though I couldn't wait to get out, they were. I always say you have to, um, you have to experience what you don't want just, just as much as what you do want in order to in, in life, in order to know what direction to go. And I experienced that I didn't want to live the life of a military person, you know, dressing like everybody else and taking orders and so on. But I also learned a lot of uh, a lot of very very important lessons about, about discipline and uh, and about uh, about love for your country. Um, that was the year that. Uh, you know, uh, President Kennedy made his, uh, you know, when I was in the service, uh, made his famous comment uh, in his first inaugural address, ask not what your, you know, you can do for your country or what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And that really struck me. In fact, I wrote an entire chapter about that and how impactful that was on me uh, in my book, I Can See Clearly Now. Um, but the person that I really wanted to pay tribute to, and I want to read what's on there, but I'd like all of you out there today, if you would, just go to my Facebook, Dr. Wayne Dyer uh, Facebook, uh, and um, and perhaps even uh, make a comment uh, to my brother Dave. He'll be, he'll be reading the comments all day long. There's already a couple of hundred of them on there. It's only been posted for a few hours. Um, and just sort of give... Uh, I don't know, just give a tribute to Dave, who's a symbolic of so many people. He won the Bronze Star over there, which is the fourth highest honor that you can receive in the military uh, for his heroic service uh, over there uh, as, a, as a medic, uh, taking care of wounded people. Um, he also uh, contacted uh, Parkinson's disease um, because of the Agent Orange, which he now has, he gets benefits from. Um, so it slowed him down a lot. but. Uh, he, it has uh, it slowed him down physically, but it hasn't mentally because it's been something that really turned his entire life around. And um, 
So you'll see that you can see the pictures on there. You can see us as two little ragamuffins. In, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that yet, Diane. But no, I want to see it. And there are our little suspenders and our little shorts. We never we never had new clothes at all, and our haircuts were just like they put a bowl over our head and shaved around it, and uh, that's the way it was in those days. And uh, there were lots and lots of kids in the same situation. But um, this is what I wrote, and that's, I'm gonna, I'd like to read the whole thing. I, I I don't know if I can get through it without tearing up, but. Uh, it's the second time I've read it today, but uh, so this is what I said. I said, as a Vietnam, as a veteran myself, uh, this has always been a very special day of remembrance for me. However, this year, I would like to pay tribute to my brother David, the recipient of the Bronze Star, for his extraordinary service during the most horrific years of the Vietnam War. He writes here about an incident that changed his life forever as he held the hand of a dying soldier. Dave and I were inseparable during the first decade of our lives as we moved about through a series of foster homes. I honor you, my brother, on this day where we all convey our deepest gratitude for those who served so valiantly. I love you, Dave, and I salute you on this very special day. And then uh, I posted something that he wrote uh, on the 16th day of October, which is his, uh, which is his 75th birthday. Uh, uh, it says, uh, on this uh, past 16th day of October, my brother Wayne posted on his Facebook page, today more than ever I seem to be immersed in an infinite state of gratitude. I was reading Emerson this morning, this is my quote, I was reading Emerson this morning and these words spoke to me. Cultivate the habit of being grateful for everything good that comes to you and give thanks continuously because all things have contributed to your advancement. You should therefore include all things in your gratitude. And this is what that's what Emerson said. Yes, I am grateful for all things, even those that appeared to be obstacles at the time. I encourage you to adopt this freeing attitude that my spiritual mentor, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, reminded me on this, the 76th birthday of my brother David, who traveled with me through so many early experiences that made us both better and stronger men. On that same 16th day of October, as I entered the fourth, this is my brother David now speaking, on that same 16th day of October, as I entered the fourth quarter century of my life, I do so with great anticipation and undying gratitude. All of the, th all of the good, the bad, and the indifferent have led me to where I am today. Where might that be? As Dave continues, eight months ago, our Creative Writers Club assignment was to write about our opinion of what paradise is. I wrote in detail of how I not only found paradise, but also about how I am living in paradise today. Yes, I do have Parkinson's disease. This is something I have not only learned to accept, I have grown to love it. It is a part of me. How could I not love any part of my being and be able to love others? It can't be done. You cannot reach out and give to anyone something you do not have within you. This is Dave continuing. It is still the 16th day of October, and as I was putting my basketball teams together for the fantasy sports competition, there was a knock at my door. It was my friend Tommy. Tommy is the 14-year-old son of my very dear friend, Beth Ann Rogers. Tommy said, my mom wants to see you. I looked straight ahead, and there she was, in the driver's seat of her van. Even from that distance, I could see her beautiful smile that could light up any room as she waved to me. Beth Ann, a former gymnast, is now into her 22nd year with multiple sclerosis. <clears throat> I walked to her car, and as she rolled down the window, she handed me a book. The book was wrapped with a ribbon on top. I noticed the title was Chicken Soup. I thought, what a nice thought. She's given me a book filled with chicken soup recipes. 
I pulled off the ribbon and opened the front cover. She had written in her words, Dear David, happy birthday. You have enriched my life through our friendship. Thank you for sharing your life story with me. May this book remind you how you are not alone as a Vietnam survivor. Your music is enlightening all of us. God bless Beth Ann. Once again, I looked at the cover. The title is Chicken Soup for the Veteran's Soul. I turned in very early on that 16th day of October, Dave continues. I was anxious to begin reading my new book. There are well over 100 short stories in that book. Just about every one of them brought about a welling in my eyes. Many of them were about Vietnam. There is one in particular I'd like to share. And he continues. Without a doubt, he says, my most vivid memory of Vietnam was the 22-year-old uh, burn patient that died in my hands while crying for his mother with his final breath. I'd like to think that I'd like to think that he knew someone was with him. I had my hand on him and could hear mumbling sounds, but could not make out the words. All I could see were the whites of his eyes. I very, very clearly heard his last word, Mom. I was the only one to witness this. There were many, many other patients that needed attention. I just had to move on. Those memories have often awakened me during the many years that followed. I've also often thought of his mother. She was notified of his death by two strangers in uniform. There was no way she would have known that his last words and thoughts were of her. And that was Dave's experience uh, as a medic over there. One day he said they brought in 200 bodies, um, people that were in various stages of dying and amputees and so on. And uh, it really affected and impacted my brother in a huge, huge way. Dave got received the Bronze Star for his heroism that day, and yet... Uh, I didn't know about it for 35 years later. He wouldn't even talk about it. Anyway, wow. now to the story in my book. This is a story in the, veteran, the chicken soup for the veteran soul. Diana Poole was an army nurse in Vietnam. She was assigned to the 67th evacuation hospital in Quinnan. This was less than an hour's ambulance drive from the 71st evac where I was stationed. I made that trip a few times with our patient's trust fund after our hospital was turned over to the South Vietnamese Army in 1971. Diana was a captain, and because of her rank, she was assigned as the head nurse of the orthopedic ward, which primarily held soldiers with traumatic amputations. She took her role very seriously and had a reputation for strictness. She had two years' experience at Letterman Army Hospital in San Francisco before going to Vietnam. Regardless of that experience, she was not prepared for Vietnam. But then who was? One of her rules was nurses were not allowed to cry. The wounded and the dying men in our care needed our strength. Now I will continue with her words. I was always straight with the soldiers. I would never say, oh, you're going to be just fine if they were on their way out. I didn't lie. I remember one kid I didn't want to tell. The badly wounded soldier uh, couldn't have been more than 18 years old. I could see immediately, immediately that there was nothing we could do to save him. He never screamed or complained, even though he must have been in a lot of pain. When he asked me, am I going to die? I said, I said, do you feel like you are? He said, yeah, I do. Do you pray? I asked him. He said, I know, uh, I, I know the prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. That's all I know. I said, and the nurse said, good, that'll work. When he asked me if I would hold his hand, something in me snapped. This kid deserved more than just having his hand held. I'll do better than that, I told him. 
I knew I would catch flack from the other nurses and corpsmen, as well as possible jeers from other patients, but I didn't care. Without a single look around me, I climbed onto the bed with him. I put my arms around him, stroking his face and his hair as he snuggled close to me. I kissed him on the cheek, and together we prayed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Then he looked at me and said one more sentence. I love you, Mama. I love you. Before he died in my arms. Gently and peacefully, as if he were really just going to sleep. I then slipped off his bed and looked around. I'm sure my face was set in a fierce scowl, daring anyone to give me a hard time, but I needn't have bothered. All the nurses and corpsmen were breaking my rule and crying silently, tears filling their eyes or rolling down their cheeks. I thought of the dead soldier's mother. She would be informed that her son had died of war injuries. That was about all she would be told. I thought she always might wonder how it happened, how he died out in the field. Had he been with anyone? Did he suffer? If I were his mother, I would need to know. I sat down and wrote her a letter. I thought she'd want to know that in his final moments his thoughts were of her. Mostly I wanted her to know that he did not die alone. I looked at the clock. There were five minutes left in that 16th day of October. Just enough time to take my pills and close my eyes. The next morning as I awakened and saw the light, I prayed to God and expressed my undying gratitude. Oh. That is an unbelievable experience. Yeah. And so many and young men and day. women that, yeah. were, that were there, mm -hmm. just it's so sad. Yeah, and it's still going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, uh, I wrote now. a book 10 years ago called the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, which was based on the, the teachings of Lao Tzu from 2,500 years ago. That's 500 years before, 500 years before the birth of Christ. And he was in a place in China called the Warring States, where everybody was just at war and killing. And he was just so, um, so opposed to this whole idea of enemies and fighting and war, and that it was such a low, uh, was such a, a reflection of the the lower levels of our humanity, that he decided to leave and uh, go off and be, be alone by himself for the remainder of his life. And as he uh, as he exited the city walls, he dictated the. Uh, the Tao Te Ching, the the book of the <clears throat> the book of the Great Way. The Tao Te Ching, which I has eighty one verses in it, which is one of the most important books ever written. And uh, I took each one of those eighty one verses and wrote an essay on them. And I think about twenty or twenty five of the verses in there talk about enemies and war and and killing and and how they are such lower uh, elements in a, in, a, in our consciousness. And, uh, and here we are 2,500 years ago, and the history of humanity has been man's inhumanity to man. Our inability to see that we are connected to everyone that we are attempting to, uh, that we are attempting to defeat through war and through killing. Uh, and it feels like my mission to see if we can change something like that. And But the people who have been out there and and fought in those wars and uh, and uh, and died so that we can all have the freedom to to worship the way we want to and to think the way we want to we we just owe so much so so much to these people and there's so many of them one soldier every single day in america um commits suicide because 
because it's such an affront to their to their humanity. This idea of being given a gun or being told that your job is to go out there and, and kill other people or burn their villages or drop bombs on them and so on. And it's more than an affront to their humanity. It's a it's really a a, a taint. It's a tainting of their soul um, that we uh, we do in the name of uh, honoring your country. And what we really need to do is get to a place where we where we instead of just saying that we love God, that I don't think God needs us to love God. What God wants us to do, I think, more than anything, is to love each other, to figure out a way to love each other. Um, and that's sort of my mission. And uh, I don't have an answer to what to do to, with so many of the horrors that uh, that show up in the on the world. But I do know that if, if enough of us uh, begin to realign ourselves in a, in a way of peace and love and kindness toward each other, that ultimately it'll be the thing that we resolve, we resolve our conflicts. But uh, today is a day of celebration. And if you'll go on my Facebook page, just uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer Facebook, it'll come up and you'll see those pictures of Dave and I in the orphanage. And, you see us together now. And, uh, and he was and in the service any... of, for his whole career, is that right? He spent 22 years in the service. Wow. Yeah, 22 years, two, two tours of duty overseas in Vietnam. Uh, and he saw the worst of it, and it affected him in such a huge way. Uh, he became an alcoholic. He wrote about it in his book. Um, uh, it's a uh, Balboa book. Out of the Darkness, I think, or No no More Darkness. Well, anyway, maybe you can look that up and give us the exact title. You can read it, but he, he talks a bit about it. But he kept that stuff inside of him for all of those years. It was, um, he wouldn't even talk about it. And I, I, like I said, I didn't even find out about what a hero he was over there until uh, 35 or 37 years had passed when he finally was able to talk about it. Mm, people today, are so affected. Yeah, he's left his Parkinson's brought came, his Parkinson's came on um, when he was, I think, 68. So uh, he's now 76. So that was eight years ago. And um, that's when he quit drinking. Uh, and he drank every day before that. He was an alcoholic and admits it, of course, um, and then became a writer, started writing um, and um, has appeared with me on stage in many different uh, cities. And um, and now you can't shut him up. He won't stop talking. He's a deacon. He's a deacon in his church. He was an atheist uh, for a long time. He just didn't want anything to do with any of that. And, and today he uh, he gives talks, especially at Veterans Time. So he went to the wall in in, in Washington D.C. the Vietnam the Vietnam where they have every single person who died in Vietnam on that wall. Right. And that was the day, that was the day that he gave up drinking and um, and and turned his life around and became a writer at the age of sixty eight. Uh, that's why he says he's in. He's even grateful for his Parkinson's because it took that it took the bottle away from him, you know, that he that he relied on every day to get through the days. So many men and so, women coming back dealing with that too. You absolutely. know, even you yeah. know, today the the men and women coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan and you know, not it's, getting the support yeah. they need and Yeah. And we need to be, you know, really, really thoughtful about when we send these young kids off to, you know, what the impact that it makes on them. and Why are so many of them in the military committing suicide now? So many of them Mm -hmm. Um, because their souls have been impacted by, you know, their souls know that we're about love, not about hate and killing. That's that's the lowest part of ourselves. That that's not really your nature. That's my no, it's not. No, our original nature, Lao Tzu said, is gentleness and service and kindness. Well, it's a good message for us to think about today. And I have so much love for my brother and uh, uh, so much respect for all that he went through. 
such a great relationship you guys have. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Well, let's so. go to uh, one of our callers here and uh, chat with Joseph, and he's in Connecticut on line four. And Joseph, are you there? Thanks for holding. Oh, yes, I am. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. I, I have all your books, and I, uh, I read quite a few of them. I, I really, you, you really inspired me, and uh, I, 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 I commemorate your brother, too. I, I yeah, was adopted. Well, I, I was adopted uh, when I was uh, four, and so I know that you were in a foster home um, when you were a child. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was for yeah for ten years. I was in a lot of them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, congratulations on your daughter's wedding and everything. I saw it on um, on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a great day. She was, uh, yeah. and and she's now, you know, bringing me a grand a granddaughter. Um, oh. It's going to be due uh, due up there in the in the spring in April. April eleventh is her due date, actually. My question is, um, I always struggle with my with myself, with my ego, and I want to be more at peace. And I have a lot of thoughts in my mind, and and I listen to meditation music, and I read your books, and I feel I'm a little impatient with myself because I want to change so quickly, mm -hmm. and uh, and I just uh, and I always wanted to talk to you on on the radio station too. Okay. <laughs> I I even put you on my calendar and said, let me let me try to call him. <laughs> mm. Well, I'm glad you so, did. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was wondering now, uh, what 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 could I do to um, you know calm my mind because it seems like it's like a, a tree full of monkeys. You know, it's just so many uh -huh. thoughts going through my mind. Yeah. And, uh... Well, I think the first thing to do is to remember that who you are is not your mind, and, and nor is it your body. And that's a very hard concept for us to get into because we all just are so conditioned to believe that uh, our reality is this physical world that we're in. But as my teacher said, and as the, uh, all of the great spiritual teachers have always said, that the only thing that's real is that which never changes, that which is eternal. Um, and, you know, so who you are is, is eternal, is an eternal being. Uh, and, and this, uh, this mind of yours, that's this, like, like you say, this monkey, this monkey mind that just goes from one thought to another thought to another thought can, can, can be calmed down when you start realizing that, uh, that's not who you are at all. Who you are is an infinite, infinite being that, uh, that can never die, that can never die, that occupies this, this little what we call a parenthesis in eternity called your body at this particular time and um and when when your parenthesis closes uh who you are is that eternal part of you that just it can never die it's the space that's inside of each and every one of us and i think the best way that the thing that works for me i do it every single morning joseph i wake up in the morning and the first thing I say when I put my feet on the floor is thank you. Uh, stay in a state of gratitude, you know, for this day, for this night, for this bed, for, you know, everything that is in my life. And then I, um, I do a little what's called oil pulling. I take some, uh, <laughs> I take some coconut uh, oil and I put it in my mouth and I squish it around for about uh, 10 minutes or so. And then I, uh, I, go, I go out into the lanai where I uh, have my office here on Maui. And um, I, I meditate for about an hour, hour and a half every morning without fail. Uh, and in that process of just meditating and getting quiet, and, and the monkey mind just wants to jump from one tree to another tree to another tree. It's doing it all the time. But as you become conscious of it and, and learn to just do a mantra, um, my mantra is I am well, I am perfect health, I am divine, I am a piece of God, I am connected to God. I just can't, can't 
always remind myself of that. My teacher uh, in India, uh, Nisargadatta Maharaj, used to say the only two words that his guru told him to say in, his, in the quietness of his mind are the two words, I am. Not even I am that, I am this, I am you know, happy, I am just I am. Who I am is infinite, which is what, what God said to Moses you know, on Sinai in uh, 800 years before Lao Tzu, you know, uh, 1,300 years before Jesus in the, in the, uh, uh, <clears throat> in the uh, book of Exodus, in the Torah. So the practice of just getting quiet, giving yourself time, even if you don't know how to do it. I've written a book about it. It's called Getting in the Gap. We'll send you well, one. I, I uh, just le- do you? Oh, I you don't? Okay, what? I'm going to send you something else. Everybody who calls in now for the next few weeks, and it's something that's just come out to today, actually. It's called uh, Co-Creating at Its Best. It's either an audio or a video or a, uh, uh, or a book, one of those three. It's with Abraham, and there's a lot in there about getting quiet and connecting to our peace. It's one of the things I'm truly most proud of. There will be more announcements of it because it's coming out officially, I think, uh, I think December the 1st. Uh, in a couple of weeks, but we're going to send you a copy of that as well. It's called Co-Creating at Its Best. That would be my suggestion, and just to be in a state of gratitude, to be in a state of peace. And and one of the things that Maslow, Dr. Maslow, taught me when I was a young doctoral student was, you know, to see the unfolding of God or spirit or the Tao or whatever you want to call this invisible intelligence that's in everything, uh, to see the unfolding of that in everything and everyone that you encounter. In everything, in every tree, in every cloud, in every blade of grass, in every animal, uh, and in every person that you see, just see. Instead of look past the uh, look past the form, look past what they look like, uh, and what they've done, and what the resume says about them, um, and um, and see the unfolding of God, because that you know that is something that you are connected to. See yourself as connected to everything and everyone. And if all of us were to do that, if all of us were to do what I just suggested to you, uh, Joseph, there would never be another war again. You know, we would all know that uh, what Jesus said on Golgotha as he was being uh, crucified. You know, when you throw a spear into me, you're throwing a spear into all of humanity. You know, he didn't say it that way. He said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They do not know that we are all one and that, uh, you know, that that's the essence that we all have to carry around with us. So hang on, leave your address. We'll send those off to you. We're going to send it to everybody who calls in today. Uh, Co-creating at its best. One of my my most favorite things I've ever done. I'm really excited about it. Um, Thank you so much, Dr. Dyer. Thank you all the way from Connecticut. Appreciate it so much. God bless you. I was worried about you in Maui when you had those storms. I said, I hope Dr. Dyer is okay over there. I was fine. It was it was it was fine. I don't I don't worry about storms. The storms of our life are are things that give us some of the, the greatest gifts. I don't even concern myself with weather. Okay. Thanks, Joseph. God bless you. Leave your address. That's a great question. Whenever yeah. I do the I am meditation, it's kind of weird the feeling that you get when you, when you say that I am, I am over and over. Right. It kind of takes you out of, you know, well, who am I? And yeah. It's that great. would be a good thing to send Joseph to, that I am meditation. Let's include that with, uh, with that okay. if he doesn't have it. We'll send it yeah. out to him. Yeah. And let's go it's to... called the I am wishes fulfilled meditation. Yeah, it's like, it's, I, I play that often when I do my meditations. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. the wishes fulfilled one. Mm-hmm. Because right. there's another one, meditations for manifesting, but that's yeah, different. Yeah, that's a different one. Yep. I've got quite a few meditations. I'm going to probably put out another one soon. And let's go to Nashville, Tennessee. And we have an Army vet that wants to chat with you. Oh, good. And her good. name's Rhonda. And oh, she's good. on line eight. 
And welcome to the show, Rhonda. Thank you so much. Um, Hi, Rhonda. Hello, Dr. Dyer. Thank you so much for taking this call. Oh, you're um, very welcome. Thanks for I calling. I just wanted to make a point of the influence that you have with something that I learned from the power of intention several years ago about mm-hmm. the idea of conflict and war and mm-hmm. arguing with different parties and the idea of just be present and put out love. Don't mm-hmm. argue anymore about who's right and who's wrong. Mm-hmm. Just have that presence. I think he used the example of going to Thanksgiving dinner and stop mm-hmm. arguing with people over right. who's right and who's wrong and mm-hmm. behind our president right now and support right. him. Um, but you've drastically changed my life. Um, oh. Really, I've been listening to you for several years, and um, it's been quite a journey, so thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. What, 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 were, you were you in the military? Yes, um, 14 years Army. Um, oh, my goodness, really? Yeah, during the Gulf War. And mm-hmm. um, quite an experience. I don't have any regrets. I learned so much from that. And, Me too. Yeah. Me too. Deep, deep yeah. leadership skills that never go mm-hmm. away. Um, right. So, and yeah. the presence and that camaraderie that you always have. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and your service with the Navy, I believe you said. Right. I was four years in the Navy, but my brother, did you hear me read that thing this morning at the, yes. the beginning of the show? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe send it, maybe send my brother Dave a little message on that, on my Facebook page, because he, he's going to read all the comments that are on there. I will. Um, I will do that. Especially from veterans. And what you were saying, um, what is your first name? Rhonda. Rhonda. I thought so. Uh, is that wait there's so minute, many. Doctor, wait a minute, Dr. Dyer. Do the help me Rhonda thing. Help me Rhonda? Yes. What, to remind me, I don't... Uh... Oh, the Beach Boys. Help me, Rhonda. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you normally sing to everyone. I don't know that song, though. I know the title of it, but I don't know that song. You do it. Come on, let me hear you do oh, it. no, 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 no. We're not going to do that today. Okay. <laughs> okay. Were you, in the, were you a military... Were you a uh, officer or enlisted? No, I was enlisted. Um, mm-hmm. six, um, E-6 staff sergeant. Um, yeah, that's where my brother was. Also, he was an E six. I think he be, I think he was E seven when he when he finally left in twenty after twenty two years. Yeah. I was E five, a radio man. But most um, what, what you were talking about is like this whole business about conflict and so on. Is um, the whole uh, so many people out there are are continuously looking for occasions to be offended, They're looking for something to be upset about, to be hurt about, to be depressed about, and so on. And if we could just, instead of looking for occasions to be offended, just look for occasions to be loved, to be in a state of kindness. And if we could do that, you know, individually, and then we could do it sort of in our families, and then we could do it in our communities, and in our larger communities like our states, and 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 ultimately in our country, if we could just. You know, ultimately, if we did that, if, if enough of us do that, we'll affect the next country and the next. And, and it won't be long before, you know, we'll figure it out. You know, Albert Einstein had a wonderful comment. He said that he said, I don't know what weapons World War Three will be fought with, but I can tell you for sure what the weapons of World War Four will be. Sticks and stones. We will have to go all the way back and start all over again. If we ever get ourselves into a place where we can't figure out our, uh, you know, a, a way to resolve things, 
Exactly. And uh, I, I saw a wonderful, somebody sent me, dropped it off to me at one of my talks. It said, I don't know, have it exactly, but it said, uh, it said, it's only when a mosquito lands on your testicles that you have the realization that there's another alternative to violence for solving your problems. <laughs> I thought, you know, that's really a wonderful way of looking at it. You know, it's like, you're certainly not going to use violence to solve that problem. And we've got to have a way to solve problems by looking inside of it. And that's what Lao Tzu was talking about. That's what the Tao is all about. That's what, that's what it's all about. And it sounds such like a simplistic premise to think that, mm. okay, peace, love, put out good vibes, you know. Mm. It does work. I, I've practiced it with myself for years now. And, and coming back to that same premise of, I choose peace over this. Mm. Right. I'm not going to be a part of it anymore. Um, right. So all that came from you, Dr. Dyer. Also, uh, well, thank you. Yeah it's, yeah, it's all been very impactful for me as well. That's so great. So nice to talk to you in Nashville. Are you uh, d doing some country music there? Because that's big, the big country music center, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. I um, I'm just not even going to comment on that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I want to hear you sing about Rhonda. You you won't do it now. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't know the song. I don't know that song, but I'm going to look it up and play it as soon as the show is over in about another five minutes. Uh, well, okay, you do that. I'm sure you have nothing else to do, okay? So. <laughs> no, I'm going to do it. I promise you I'm going to do it for sure. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Rhonda. And leave your address. Uh, we're going to send you a copy of uh, uh, Co-Creating at its Best, this wonderful ex uh, experience I had with uh, with the teachings of Abraham. Are you familiar with Abraham, the teachings yes, of I Abraham? Yes. Yeah. So we'll send that off to you. Okay? Thanks so much. Thanks. God bless you, dear. Thanks. We will get Rhonda that book. I can't believe you don't know that Beach Boy song. <laughs> no, so I don't know. How does it go? You can do it. <laughs> you know, help me, Rhonda, help, help me, Rhonda, get her I out of know. my heart. Really? Oh, God. <laughs> the yeah. guys are like, what are you doing? <laughs> See, if Mitch no, I, was running the show, one of our engineers, Mitch or Steve, uh -huh. they're singers, and they would uh -huh. they would do a much better rendition, but... You know, <laughs> I thought the, that was pretty good. Get the idea. <laughs> That's right. How's our time? Uh, we got about three minutes. You want to uh, grab oh, okay. one let's more see. caller? Let's get someone else in there. Yeah, okay, okay, let's go to Mary in South Carolina, and she's on line one. And I hope you're holding on there, Mary. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm so glad I was able to talk to you today. Oh, good. We just have a couple of minutes. So what's on your mind, Mary? Well, I'll try to make it real quick. Um, I okay. was laid off. Uh, laid off of my job in the beginning of July, mm -hmm. and uh, I have been steadily seeking employment uh, to no avail, uh, go on interviews, the jobs just don't seem to be the right fit, I'm uh, not getting mm -hmm. callbacks and so on. And so the last couple of weeks I've been thinking, oh, maybe I'm supposed to be doing something different here, um, mm -hmm. because obviously the the job isn't coming to me or I'm not going to the right job. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just kind of at a loss right now as to uh, what's my next best step. If you had your choice, Mary, right now to do anything at all in the world, forgetting about money and, and, and a job and all that, what, what is it that that makes your heart sing? What is it that, that you know when you're doing it or when you're thinking it or whatever it is that it's uh, it, it's your dharma, it's what you're here for? What What is it? Yeah, and, and, you know, as I was sitting here waiting for the the uh, the call, I was thinking that myself, and, and I've had several conversations with my husband about, oh, you know, if we ever hit the lottery or if we had all the money, this mm -hmm. is what we would do. And, and it's something that's always uh, been 
this uh, at my heart's desire is is developing a holistic community uh, uh, where folks get educated about um, uh, natural healing and. Um, mm. Okay, so because because of the shortness of time here, what I want you to do is to start looking at these places, start talking to people who run them, who go to them, who are experiencing them, and what's on your uh, willing and unwilling list. In other words, what if you had to uh, what if you had to leave South Carolina and and go to South Dakota or go to Arizona or or. California or whatever, um, you know, have nothing on your unwilling list. Become more, find out more and more about that. That's why this call came in. That's why I took the last call with just a minute to go. Um, start investigating those. Find them out. Go on Facebook and on social media and ask about them. Go on my Facebook page and post it. Uh, people will give you responses back. Okay, we just, I, I've just been notified. We just have a couple minutes. I want to send you also the. Uh, uh, co-creating its best with Abraham, uh, so just leave your address. But but that's what it is. So and there are, by the way, here on Maui, there are communities just like that, you know. And I'm sure that who you are, you could find a way to uh, be involved in them, or you could start one yourself, you know, and stop thinking about somebody else giving you a paycheck. Anyway, gotta run right now. Sorry, uh, we just said short time, but uh, leave your address. God bless you. would like to hear more of Dr. Dyer's radio show, tune in to hayhouseradio.com. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.